Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayis, Shir number 131. Uh, we're talking about um, 10 basic needs that both husbands and wives have, uh, that they, um, in order to have a successful and fulfilling marriage, uh, each needs to work on fulfilling the needs for the other. Sometimes it's a shared need, sometimes it's more the husband than the wife, sometimes it's more the wife to the husband. We're going to discuss um, another need now, possibly two. One of them is uh, recreational companionship. And this is very important. Um, we're going to discuss later. I'm thinking about giving separate either feedback shiurim or regular shiurim on the certain psychological typings. So, for example, the Enneagram is one. There's nine types, and there's, I want to give a various shiurim on each one of those nine types, and then each one of the 16 MBTI types. And the reason behind it is, is once it's explained, uh, for many of you, even if you're not into psychological typing, you'll recognize yourself in it, and you'll say, wow, this really is me. Or you'll recognize it in your husband or wife. This is who she is. This is that personality type. And it'll give a lot of insight, a lot of understanding with things that uh, you didn't understand before now you begin to understand and um, it really gives a shift of um, giving a person more compassion in what their husband is like and what their wife is like once they learn more about it so for this for example we're not getting into the detail now but in the Enneagram type there's a type number seven uh, it's one through nine, and this one's number seven. Number seven is a type that really enjoys new experiences, usually extroverted, outgoing, and always wants to do things and go places and share with people. Um, you know, they're the type that would like to run to different Shabbatons if they could afford it, um, and to run to different chasanas and shmuz with people, and to um, visit a lot of Torah a lot, a lot, and visit a lot of uh, neighborhoods and see a lot of communities, and so on and so forth. So what happens a lot, a lot of times is, is you'll have a couple, and um, let's say the husband is that type. He may not even realize he's that type. And he says, um, you know, you know what? How about let's go out a little bit. Let's go out to eat. Let's go out for a walk. Let's go hiking. Oh, I heard there's this beautiful park open. Let's check it out. And the wife says, maybe, maybe another time. And he goes, okay, another time. And, um, you know, he'll ask again the next week. You know, let's go here. Let's go there. And they're busy, you know, and uh, she, she says, no, I really can't, whatever it is. And what happens in the beginning is, is that the, the husband who's doing this, he doesn't even realize that it's a strong need. He just knows, oh, I would like to go out. And, you know, it's usually shut down, which, you know, life has its uh, real hectic stuff and you can't always run out when you need to run out. But after a while... Um, these sevens begin to realize that it's a real part of their bonding experience. It's not just that they want to go out to this place or that place to see that place or this place alone. It's also the experience. They want to go with you and to share an experience together, whether it's a musical concert, whether it's hiking 
whether it's, um, you know, actually uh, playing a game together, whatever it is. And for them, it's for that, for those type of people, it's very, very important. And it's a real strong need. And it's a healthy thing. And, um, you know, and to get out of those busy schedules and uh, it's not considered Bittel Tyra, certainly not if it's for Shalom Bias. From time to time, it's very important to for a couple to engage in those type of react, recreational activities, L'Shem Shemayim, especially if both you and your spouse can enjoy it together. And there's some things, obviously, with every couple is different. Uh, he likes to do things that she doesn't and vice versa. But that joining together and figuring or figuring out what needs to happen, what needs to be done, what could be done. And sometimes the more introverted one needs to get out of their comfort zone a little bit and go away and go go experience things. And I admit this is one of my things. I'm sort of a homebody type of person. And I like to, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy, uh, you know, Shabbosim as an example. Being home, it's, 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 it's beautiful for me. But once in a while, my wife says, you know, we, I, we know he, we have a cousin in Lakewood, let's go, and it'll be beautiful there, or let's go to the country, you know, we got, you know, we, I could figure out to, to go there and that. So in the beginning, I used to resist it, but then I started to realize it's very important for my wife and for my children, too, to get that experience, to go out and to share those experiences, or those small vacations where you do things together. So that is a very important need. Um, it's very often the husband, sometimes it could be the wife, and that's an important thing to do, that, that from time to time, to fulfill that need, to do that, those recreational things that are kosher and healthy and do them together. Another need, which is an obvious one, and it's really important for both of them, but for the wife I think is exceptionally important, is honesty and openness. A wife really needs to trust her husband totally. She has that need. And in order to fulfill that need, he really has to be trusted. You know, unfortunately, um, we often could lie. Sometimes people are born liars and they just lie about everything and they really need to fix that up because that dishonesty could seriously kill a marriage. And if that behavior is very ingrained, it has to be, you know, detoxed out of that. And um, they really need to learn to work on honesty. So that is one type of liar. Another type of liar is avoiding trouble liar. You know, like um, basically tries to, um, you know, uh, uh, say, did you take care of it? Uh, yeah, I took care of it. Meanwhile, he didn't take care of it. He'll figure something out the last minute and then things fall apart. Um, you know, wh- wh- why didn't this work out? Oh, I did take care of it, and he's lying. And she sees through it at, at some point, and that's not good. And sometimes you lie to protect. You know, you don't want, why should she lose sleep over this? Why should he lose sleep over this? And again, you need das, but some things that, uh, you know, that are important for them to know, that's not, um, that's not healthy. White lies also could weaken a marriage, and we discussed in the past, you know, what um, the balance is between privacy and, um, and um, confidentiality versus, you know, honesty. But generally speaking, honesty is the best policy in marriage. And that is a very, very important thing. 
to be a trustworthy person to your spouse and that they should trust you and in order to do that you cannot be dishonest you have to be very very truthful both both of them to each of them to be very loyal and honest with one another and that's a very important thing now because that is an inborn need most of us need that honest relationship with our spouse there's a reliability there that's important and I could trust you, it gives you a sense of security. And uh, to feel secure, we want accurate information about our spouse's thoughts, about their feelings, their habits, their likes, their dislikes, you know, their daily activity, their plans for the future. And again, you know, some will say with some things, they, you know, there is individuality, each one's entitled to their own secrets. We talked about that. And we talked about that. There's a balance behind it. But to be overly secretive or, or evasive is really, could really hurt a marriage. And when a spouse really wants that honest and open communication, unless there's an extraordinary reason why that shouldn't happen, it should happen. They should be open with each other and build that trust and grow from that trust. And that is a tremendous need. Uh, that's needed in a, uh, a marriage, and very it's really the both of them. But for a wife especially, she really needs her husband to trust him implicitly. That it is such a um, way to, for love to grow. And again, if you're looking, if a husband is looking for his other needs to be met, uh, as we talked about, including sexual fulfillment, the bottom line is, is it's linked a lot to these needs that she needs. And one of them is trust. One of them is trust. And we didn't really tie the two yet together that much. And I think in future Shurim we will. Because in order to have a happy and, um, and a um, pleasurable sexual fulfillment for the both of them, there needs to be a level of real trust because when you put yourself in that position, you're basically very vulnerable. And when a person knows I could trust this person, they would never hurt me. They would never betray me. They would never um, talk about private things about me to other people. And um, they have my back and I could rely on them implicitly. That is a big Pesach to open up in the bedroom where, those, where, where there's usually a lot of insecurities, but with strong trust in one another and being trustworthy, that opens that very much. We didn't discuss that much till now, but here is a good, good example of how the need of trust could um, affect positively or negatively, the need for sexual fulfillment. But it goes with all ten needs, as you'll see, they're all interlinked with one another. And as each one works on all of them, um, the marriage continues to, to get better and better when more and more of these needs are fulfilled in the best possible way. Have a wonderful day.